Hey, history enthusiasts, you get not one, but two events in history today. Heads up that you also might hear two different hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. With that said, on with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson, and it's August 10th. On this day in 1680, the Pueblo peoples of the southwestern United States rebelled against the Spanish in what came to be known as the Pueblo Revolt. So when this happened, some of the indigenous people living in this part of the continent were living in these permanent communal dwellings that the Spanish described as Pueblo. That just meant town or village. And that's where the name for Puebloan or Pueblo peoples comes from. These pueblos had terraces and flat roofs and buildings that were around a central court, and the central court was over an underground ceremonial chamber that was called a kiva. Pueblos still exist today. Puebloan people still exist today. One pueblo in particular, Acoma Pueblo, is believed to be one of the oldest continually inhabited places in the United States. So by the 19th century, Spanish forces in the same part of North America that we've just been talking about were forbidding indigenous religious practices. They'd arrive at a pueblo, they would destroy the kiva, sometimes they would build a Catholic church directly on top of the site that the kiva had been on, they would destroy masks and other ritual objects, and they would enact heavy taxes and imprison anybody who resisted. Plus, they introduced a lot of diseases, and a major drought that started in 1666 and lasted for four years made life in this part of the continent really difficult. So all through this time of Spain trying to colonize these peoples, the people were resisting. There were ongoing revolts all through the area. Some of them were really major. One was the Acoma Revolt that took place in Acoma Pueblo in 1599, and after that revolt, Spain took just decisive action against the Puebloan people. They massacred most of the male population over the age of 25. Then in 1675, Spanish authorities rounded up 47 Pueblo religious leaders and then convicted them of sorcery and inspiring to rebel. And these leaders were all beaten publicly. They were sentenced to slavery. Four of them were sentenced to be executed, although one of them took his own life rather than do that. One of the men who was imprisoned during this whole big sweep in 1675 was a man named Pope, and Pope was from San Juan Pueblo. Once he was released, he went to the northernmost Pueblo, which was Taos Pueblo, He said he had been visited by three spirits who told him that if the people purged the Spanish from their world, they would be prosperous again. And then he got to work spending years organizing people to rise up against Spain. There was a big language barrier. At least seven different languages were spoken among all these pueblos. And so Pope gave each of the pueblos a knotted cord. They were supposed to untie one of the knots every day, and when they untied the last knot, that would be the day of the rebellion. He also gave them deer skin marked with pictograms of what was going to happen. He sent people, he sent runners carrying these cords and the pictograms to all of the different pueblos. He couldn't visit all of them himself, so he sent runners, and he would rehearse with them what all of this meant and what the instructions were. 
two of the runners were actually captured during the planning. So Pope sent more runners to let people know they needed to move up their timeline, although the news didn't make it all the way to the most far out, farthest away Pueblos. Then on August 10th, the Puebloan people, along with their allies among the Apache and the Navajo, attacked more than 20 Spanish villages using the weapons that they had hidden. In this uprising, they killed more than 400 Spanish soldiers and civilians, including 21 Franciscan priests. It was actually two-thirds of the ecclesiastical force in New Mexico at the time. We don't know the casualty numbers on the native side. The only written records we have of this are Spanish. They're either written by Spanish people or dictated by the indigenous people to a Spanish scribe. So not as much information about the native side of things. They then attacked the colonial headquarters in Santa Fe, and eventually the colonial governor decided to abandon the whole area. The Puebloan people got to work trying to remove Spanish influence from their town, taking down the churches, trying to repair their own religious sites, their own sacred objects. Although some Spanish introductions had become a big part of the way of life among the Pueblos, and it wasn't something they could just get rid of at that point, like raising cattle and sheep was introduced by the Spanish. Regardless, though, the Puebloan people were free from Spanish rule for 12 years. So a lot of people argue that we should call this the Pueblo Revolution rather than the Pueblo Revolt. You can learn more about it, though, and more about what happened 12 years later in the January 27th, 2014 episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class. Thanks to Tari Harrison for her audio skills on these episodes, and you can subscribe to This Day in History Class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, we will look at a secret diary that was written in code. Welcome back to This Day in History Class, where we reveal a new piece of history every day. The day was August 10th, 1793. The French Revolutionary Government opened the Louvre as a public museum. In the 12th century, King Philip II was getting ready to leave France for the Crusades, a series of religious wars in the medieval period. The king decided to build a fortress to protect Paris. Extra protection was needed at a weak spot in the fortification, near the River Seine, so the Louvre was added. The castle had a moat and circular defensive towers. At this point, the Louvre was at the outer limits of the city, But over time, people moved near the fort and an urban district came to surround it. But by the early 1500s, King Francois I had declared that the capital would be his main residence, and he decided to have it rebuilt. Work began on the chateau during the reign of Francois I when a small part of the present Louvre was constructed under architect Pierre Lascaux. Construction continued into the reign of Henri II and Charles IX, and wings and freestanding buildings were added. Almost all the French monarchs that followed extended the Louvre and its grounds. Louis XIII and Louis XIV specifically made major changes to the building complex. The two kings and their ministers acquired a lot of works of art. 
1682, King Louis XIV moved his court to Versailles, and the Louvre was no longer a royal residence. The Louvre did, though, become home to art academies that displayed their work. In the 18th century, people began voicing their desire for a display of the royal art collections. The Louvre was proposed as a place for a public museum. But it took until after the French Revolution broke out in 1789 for a permanent museum to actually be established. The Musée Centrale des Arts, as it was called then, opened to the public on August 10, 1793, in the Grand Gallery of the Louvre. 537 paintings were on display. So were 124 marble and bronze sculptures, precious marbles, porcelain works, clocks, and other pieces. Many of the works had been confiscated from the royal family and French nobility. The Louvre closed about three years after it opened because of issues with the building, but Napoleon later reopened the museum. He even renamed it the Musée Napoleon. His Grand Army stole art and cultural artifacts as they crossed the European continent in the Revolutionary and Napoleonic Wars, and the Louvre's collection grew quickly. Thousands of artworks were returned to their owners after Napoleon's fall, but many stolen artworks remain in the Egyptian collection and other departments. Construction of the Cour Carré and a wing on the north along the Rue de Rivoli began under Napoleon. Two wings were added in the 1800s, and the Louvre complex was completed under the reign of Napoleon III. During the Nazi occupation of Paris in World War II, the Nazis looted thousands of works of art from France. The Louvre became a clearing center for the art the Germans looted from conquered territories and from the collections of Jewish people and others that the Nazis terrorized. Though many works were returned to their owners, the Louvre still has art stolen by Nazis in its possession. In the 1980s and 1990s, the Louvre was remodeled. Architect I. M. Pei designed the underground lobby and the famous steel and glass pyramid in the museum's courtyard. The Louvre also has satellite locations in Lens, France, and Abu Dhabi. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If there are any upcoming days in history that you'd really like me to cover on the show, give us a shout on social media at T-D-I-H-C podcast. Thank you for joining me today. See you same place, same time tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.